0: Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 105. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about using technology to message with students. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts and books at my website at williamdparker.com. This week is a replay of a webinar I recently hosted for my state association on technology tools for messaging with students. Specifically, the kinds of tools you can use for enhancing the communication you already have with kids, as well as how to put together a student newsletter. And so I just want to share some practical ways to do that. Before I transition over to that webinar, I want to give a quick shout out. I had an invitation only webinar recently for principals and school leaders interested in how to develop and build your own digital platform. And if you are interested in seeing that webinar, uh, I can share a link to that with you. If you want to reach out to me by email at will at williamdparker.com, just in the title, right? Count me in and give me your contact information. And I'll be glad to share that with you if you want to see some one-on-one coaching on ways to develop your own professional digital platform. But for now, I'm going to transition into this webinar. Thanks for listening this week, and thanks for doing What Matters. This week, we're talking specifically about technology to message with students. And really, I just want to focus on two specific areas. We've been doing a deep dive into messaging this semester by talking first about how do we message with our teachers and the strategies involved there. And these last couple of weeks, we've been talking about specifically how do we message with our students. And so I want to today just park on some practical takeaways on ways that you can be doing that using technology tools. And then I want to talk specifically about ways that you can do that through a weekly newsletter. And so let's just dive right in. There's a lot of interesting research on how our students communicate. And I just want to ask you that question for just a moment. How are your students communicating? Because I believe those trends change over time. But I think we can all say that the primary way that we see students communicating today is through technology. And I've mentioned Tim Elmore before, but he's an author of a book called Generation IY. And in that book, he highlights from a 2015 study, how students are communicating. And during that time, and it's been a few years since then, but during that time, at least 6% were beginning to use Netflix. But at that time, 75% were posting on Facebook, 73% were shopping online, 49% were tweeting, and 43% were reading eBooks. In a 2010 study to 18-year-old students, researchers found that students were spending, on average, seven and a half hours a day on screens. And in a 2015 study, they found that an individual student sends approximately 1,742 texts a month. Now, I believe those trends have even increased since then. And if you look at some of the other areas or means by which students communicate, now we're talking about things like Instagram, Snapchat. We're talking about Boxer users. We're talking about all kinds of ways that students can communicate in ways that are sometimes leaving a digital footprint and in other ways that are more difficult to find a digital footprint because they're automatic. And so the point is that students are communicating digitally with one another. And how do we think that we're going to reach our students unless we're willing to adopt some of the same strategies that they're using in their own communication? And today, I want to talk about specifically when it comes to technology tools five areas where I believe we can respond as school leaders. One, in the use of social media. Two, in the creation of school or issue promotions. Three, how we can feature announcements in creative ways. Four, how the posting of movies is a great way to engage students. And five, uh, reminder applications or mass communications. Uh, ways that we can connect with students, large groups at one time. And I don't believe that one of these trumps another. I, I think that what we've discovered in messaging with students or teachers or parents in the last several years is that you cannot rely on one medium only. We have to be willing to have a large deck of options in front of us because people tend to gravitate towards different areas. I saw a presentation this summer by a principal that was talking about digital marketing. And she was explaining that there's a new trend among grandparents who are becoming the predominant, the largest predominant users of Twitter. And so the demographics are constantly changing, but how can we continuously respond in ways that can be meaningful for our students? So I wanna show you some of the tools that I have used as a principal, and I want to show you some samples from other schools as well today, just to give you some ideas of ways where you might be able to center in on some areas that maybe you haven't tried before. I do think that we tend to gravitate towards the social media platforms that we feel the most comfortable with, and that's fine, but I I want to show you just a menu of, of ways that you can be communicating with students, because I think we need to consistently spread out That communication in multiple places, duplicate those same messages in in multiple platforms so that we're reaching our kids. The first I want to talk about is social media. And I know that as I look at the social media applications that principals are using, a lot of people have begun to harness the power of Facebook, of Twitter, and of Instagram, just to name three. And those are great platforms for engaging. Not all of your students are going to use those platforms, but certainly your parents will. Some students use some platforms more than others. But I wanna just give you some examples of how uh, those platforms have been helpful in my own practice. Uh, Here's an example of one of our Twitter feeds at the end of last year, when we just announced congratulations to the class of 2017. We were standing out in front of our activity center before a photographer took a a, uh, professional photo. I pulled out my phone, took a picture of this, and immediately fed it up to our Twitter feed that our district manages. And within, you know, a certain amount of time, you see over 218 likes and loves from our community members. This is just such an easy way when you're with students to just show others, hey, I'm with our students. Let's celebrate together something wonderful that's happening. And Twitter is a powerful way to do that because some of your students will retweet those and they will um, immediately like those as well and share those out with their friends too. This is a Twitter feed that I saw recently from Broken Arrow Public Schools, and what a great way to capture a learning moment that's happening and feed that back out so that students and teachers and parents can see what's happening within their own community. Here's an example of an Instagram shot. And Instagram has some interesting features because typically you can post one picture, but there are some options where you can post a template if you download the app. But schools can use Instagram as a way to capture student learning as well because frankly, students love to see themselves in posts and parents love to see themselves in posts. And and I would venture to say we like to see ourselves too as long as it's a flattering post. But these are just great ways, whether it's, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram to think about how you're promoting the things happening with your students. Some of the trends I want you to notice too in these, for those of you that use technology, you know this pretty well, but it's often great to hashtag the specific group that you're talking about. If you include a link of some type, like they did here in the bit.ly Uh, Cherokee Nation link, you can provide more information through that post that maybe provides additional content. And then a hashtag of a popular group that would follow that, like in our state, Oklahoma Ed is a popular hashtag for Oklahoma educators. And so think about as you're building your social media feeds, how you embed within those uh, shout outs, the kinds of information that you want others to see in that post. Now, a couple of years ago, I introduced this sweet to my media center specialist because she was the person in my building who helped us manage our social media feeds. And I know every school is different, but at our school, we designated one adult within our building who could monitor our social media platforms to make sure that comments were appropriate or to make sure that we could take down things that may not have been appropriate or block things that were not appropriate, but also to make sure that we had a consistent positivity being shared every single day from our school. And we decided to use a free website called Hootsuite. And I don't know if you're familiar with Hootsuite. There's other ones like Twitter Deck that provide you ways to take all of your social media feeds and place them into one platform. And so Hootsuite has a free plan for up to a certain amount of social media feeds. If you get uh, above more than three, then they begin to charge you. But we found this is a great way to be able to take, for instance, one photo one social media post, but then have it feed directly when we said go into our Facebook and our Instagram and our Twitter account so that we're feeding those things out consistently into the kinds of places that other kids or parents are reading. And so I just wanted to commend that to you as an option of ways that you can consolidate your social media sharing. Another example of social media tools that we began to use were just some free websites. And a couple that I've used and my teachers have used and our student groups have used are places like Powtoons and Biteable. And I'm just going to show you a couple of examples. This is a Powtoons slide and you can't hear the music that's playing. But there, this is something that we put together a couple of years ago where we just Powtoons has built-in templates that allow you to place text, You upload your own photos, you can upload music, and then they have all kinds of animations like those sliding hands that are coming in so that you can build a promotional of your school or an event that's getting ready to happen that you can share with your community. We placed this upon our um, high school's website, so the first thing parents saw when they logged in was this promotional playing. Uh, It's something that uh, we shared at the beginning of that school year and played in our commons uh, when school was starting each day. And so these are just ways that you can find free tools like Powtoons to share out uh, the great things that are happening in your school. Another one that we used is uh, called Biteable.com. And the great thing about Biteable is that it provides you with an opportunity to take text and place it into already built slides that have all kinds of options for images that you can use that are animated and moving constantly. And so, for instance, we would take our morning announcements and we would place them into a Powtoons slideshow so that the same information that we were saying in our daily announcements over the PA system could be shared out later in a very catching, beautiful uh, slideshow like this through biteable.com. And you can go back in and edit these as needed, and add more as needed. Our media center specialist, Miss Crace, whose name is mentioned there, was fantastic at helping us create these. We could share them out, and teachers could put them on their smart boards between classes as well. And sometimes student groups would use these uh, to create their own promotionals before a big event. The next sample I, I want to show you is just the use of uh, creating just quick little videos with your students. And as this one's playing, I'll just tell you the story. I was walking through my school for a quick walkthrough when I came into a science lab where there's some great learning that was happening. So I grabbed a student and I asked her to begin to explain what was the lesson that she was learning at the time. So she began to explain the lesson that they were learning. She was giving some feedback about uh, the lab that, that these students were conducting along with her friend there. And it was just another great opportunity to take the easy technology that we have in our pockets and to capture moments with students, and then to share this out via YouTube, or you can upload it via Vimeo, and then put that same link up on your Twitter account or up on your Facebook account or or through your um, school's website. And so just taking an opportunity to capture moments, use the kinds of technology that kids love to see, and then tell them and ask their permission, can I share this out? via Twitter, then they're looking for it later. Their parents are looking for it later so that they can see themselves sharing that great information. This is something else that we played around with last year at the beginning of school. Uh, Again, just with the phone in your pocket, you can just capture moments happening throughout your school day. Uh, We put together what we called a school in 60 seconds, just a one minute video that shows the school day from the buses pulling in to the buses leaving. And of course you can capture all kinds of events in a full day of school, but in 60 seconds, how do you share out that information with your students and your teachers and your parents? And so again, these are the kinds of technology options that if we harness them and take advantage of them, then our students can be a part of seeing themselves celebrated, capturing the positive moments that they're doing throughout the school day, and then uh, being able to interact and share those out with their moms and their dads. So how are they communicating? We need to figure out how they communicate and then share those things out too. Even if they're corny and I'm not a great video maker like some of you are, there's still things that can uh, remind our kids that we're proud of the work that they do. Um, Another technology tool that we've used uh, with students is uh, creating their own MP3s. And I've noticed a huge trend lately of of teachers helping students start podcasting. And uh, we would use a couple of different tools, specifically GarageBand as a tool for Capturing audio of students, and especially during s- certain sports seasons on Fridays, we would pull our student leaders together before school would begin, and they would record just like I'm recording this webinar. They would record the announcements that were coming out that day, but they would add music lines to there, add sound effects, or they could bring in multiple voices. And so it was just a fun way for us to take. Their announcements and to turn them into something that was uh, more like a radio production, and then played those over the loudspeakers as a finished product. And usually those were only a minute or a minute thirty seconds, uh, but it was a lot of fun for those kids to create those twos. Now I used a Mac, so it was easy for us to create that on GarageBand. Another option for uh, those of you that are using not Mac computers, just normal PCs, um, LL or LMS is a is a website where you can download. a um, a very similar software piece like GarageBand to make your own recordings uh, with students. And I've just found that it's it's easy to find mics that plug in through a USB, uh, whether that's a snowball mic or just a regular mic that can plug in through a USB to capture really great voice quality when you're working with students. A couple of years ago, our kids were getting ready to compete in the state championship. And so 18 football players pulled into my office and I had them take turns speaking into the mic as they talked about the upcoming game. And so it was so fun to capture 18 different voices and put those together in the presentation that they shared out with their fellow students and with the community. And so I also want to point out some tools that are great for just mass communication. And one that we've used consistently, and I know a lot of teachers are using, is Remind. On the high school campus, Remind has been really beneficial because. We had a number of our students that were concurrently enrolled or enrolled in career technology classes that placed them out of school for part of the day and sometimes half the day. And so trying to make sure that we were maintaining communication with those students off campus was often difficult. So we could create a remind group where they could subscribe to receive those announcements reminders on grades, for instance, like this one says, or sometimes on those announcements where we recorded those, we could send them a link and then they could hear those on their own phones or their own websites. And so Remind is just a great tool uh, that you can use as well. So now it's your turn. Think about these questions. What is one new tool that you could commit to use in the next 30 days? Because I am a big fan of trying to discover what tools our students are learning and we stay learners, too. So is there a tool that maybe you could be using that you haven't been, that you can commit to for the next 30 days? And just find one. Because when you look at all the different options that are that are available for communicating with students, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And as I've learned to use those social media tools, I've just learned them one at a time. And so what is one tool that you could commit to learning over the next 30 days? Also, what is one way that you're already consistently communicating with students And then ask, how can you enhance that messaging by adding a technology tool with that? So you might already have a consistent way that you're communicating with students. Maybe it's your morning announcements or maybe it's a daily uh, or weekly assembly. What is a way that you could embed technology into that that would enhance that already consistent communication that you're doing? And then number three, who is someone on your team that you could designate for technology support? Because you have people on your team Uh, Right now, that are better at technology than you are. I have people on my team that are better at technology than I am. So, how can you designate somebody that could be a technology support for you? What I found is people that are really talented with technology, a lot of them are eager to help. And so, when I was able to find, for instance, my media center specialist and realized how talented she was with technology, she was eager to take that role. So, look around, figure out who those people are in your buildings, and then ask them if they can become a support for you if you don't have someone already. The second part of today's conversation, I want to focus on the power of, a, of student newsletters because I've, uh, in my practice, and I've seen this happen in other schools' practices, this can be a powerful way for you to have a consistent celebration and positive messaging coming out about your school. A few years ago, I had a technology teacher that was teaching, as a part of his course work, a desktop publishing application. And so together, we coordinated the idea of how could we have his students practice their skills with desktop publishing by helping us in managing our own students newsletter. And so here are the steps that we walked through together. And I've seen other schools that have done this as well. So this is just a suggestion on ways you could harness your students in sharing out great content. Number one is by collecting and building content. So how do you look around your building and determine what's happening there that you can bring in, for something that can be consistently shared out. And I'm going to jump into that slide here in just a minute with some specific suggestions. But let me just summarize all of these points first. After collecting and building content, next, organize that into categories. And so, for instance, you might need to be able to sit down with a student group or a teacher who wants to lead a group like that and say, hey, can I have someone who's specifically helping manage news about sports, someone who can manage news about clubs, someone who can manage news about events that are coming up, Someone who could manage news about theater or band or FFA. Some of them have specific areas that they're very interested in, or someone who can manage news about new learning that's happening this week in our school lessons that have happened in our school this week or student interests like fashion or design or things that, that make them interested in what's going on in their school and in their culture. And that leads into number three, which is assigned student roles, figure out among those students who could manage roles to help collect information on specific areas happening within your school. And you may have one or two kids that are really great at editor at editing, so they might be in a management role where they're trying to take the information that the other students are sharing, and they're assigning those together. We had a teacher that used Edmodo as a way to set up those roles with students and teachers uh, within his classroom so that they could manage those things all on one common digital platform. The next Suggestion is create a draft template. So I just shared with those students and that teacher, hey, here's what our newsletters have looked like in the past. Tweak this, edit this, create your own. But here's kind of the outline of what we're looking like, what we want to look like if we're going to be sharing something out on a consistent basis. Next, Plan to proof and review. Now, I suggest that you have a teacher who's strong at editing or proofing to make sure you look over things before they go public. I had the the teacher that managed that class who would proof and then he would send it to me to proof because with the background in English, I didn't mind doing that proofing right before that went out on Fridays. But if that's not a strength theory for you, find others within your building who have those strengths. But always proof and review because you want to make sure what's going out is a good representation of your school uh, community. And sometimes um, as chief editor, you you need to play the role too of being able to say, no, we're going to pull that out or we're going to tweak this. We're going to add something in that may have, that may have needed to be mentioned that week. And then share digitally. If you're creating a newsletter, all of those platforms that we just talked about, how can you create a link on your school's website where that could be shared? And then Share that link out on Twitter and on Facebook. And on Instagram, you could put an image of it. Share that out through your mass emails uh, so that students and parents can see copies of the newsletter that's being created. So for a lot of years, we created printed copies of those, but we stopped doing that because we realized that digital sharing was just much more effective. And then the last tip I want to make about student newsletters is this. Don't let mistakes stop momentum inevitably, when you increase communication, you increase the opportunities to make a mistake or to say something wrong, or maybe to publish something that you find out later there was an error in a a name spelling. And I just want to encourage you that you're not running an organization that's a professional publishing organization. And although large districts, some of them have uh, people that are communications directors, most of us in schools don't. So don't let mistakes stop momentum. You're going to do things sometimes where you get pushed back or you're going to be like, oh, I put this in incorrectly. The overwhelming positivity that you're sharing is so much more important than any negative feedback that you get on on small mistakes. Now, be careful. You don't want to make large mistakes where you say something or publish something that's embarrassing to your school. But I'm just talking about those small mistakes. Don't let them stop momentum. Let me give you an example. Um, Last year, we had a a sports team where some students had been identified for an award that they had won, and that was included in our student newsletter, but a photo wasn't included. Nobody had taken time to take a photo. Well, the feedback I immediately got from some of the parents of those students was, why was there not a photo? You know, we could have been discouraged and, and thought, man, we just got some negative feedback about our newsletter, but instead we just went, okay, next week we'll include that photo. So we got those students together, took a photo put their names with it and just republished that same story the next week. And that those parents wrote back and said, thank you for doing that. So don't let mistakes or criticism stop momentum. Just be excited. People are looking and that people are recognizing the things happening in your schools and then respond to criticisms positively. So let me give you some examples of what that's looked like for us And if you're watching the recorded version of this, then you can see these slides. If you're listening to the audio version of this, then you might need to log in and and look at these webinar slides. But our student newsletter always had very uh, great headings with visuals, including colorful pictures of students. You want to make sure that you're including not just information, but you want people to be able to see your students, so whether you're identifying your students of the month or whether you're talking about your sports teams and awards that they may be winning, or whether you're talking about specific events where kids have performed well, capture those moments. And almost all of the moments that we started publishing through our student insulators were moments being captured on phones. And although it's great to have a professional photographer around when you can afford it um, or when you can manage it, so often we're just walking around with these uh, phones in our, in our pockets, pull them out, take pictures and share them. Last year, we had kids that medaled at our state track meet. Here's a, just a slide of the newsletter sharing out congratulations to our kids in uh, winning these state medals. And so it's so much fun to be able to capture these uh, incredible moments and share them out with your community, this is what the back of our newsletter looked like, where we could highlight, for instance, partners throughout the community that helped us at our school. We had a teacher appreciation week where we had about uh, twenty or thirty uh, sponsors from out the community, from throughout the community, who gave to a blessing and and say uh, thank you to our teachers. And so we we placed them in our newsletters too to tell them thank you. And we also offered an opportunity if if anyone ever wanted to advertise through that newsletter too. So just to peek into some of the content or ideas that you can include in newsletters, here's some suggestions. Share out lessons or projects or classroom activities that your students and teachers are doing. Share out your winners from clubs or activities or sports events so that people know consistently, here are the kids that are winning at these activities. Because at the high school level, especially, almost every single day, there was something to announce in terms of a kid who had achieved something to be recognized in an activity sport or club. Next. Share updates on events or assemblies or competitions. So whether something's just happened, share that. Or whether something's getting ready to happen, share that so that people can stay up to date on the great things happening, learning and in the non-curricular as well. Next, talk about your upcoming events through announcements. And then share reminders on how to check grades or how to attend tutoring or how to meet with teachers. And so just make sure that you're including in those newsletters ways for people to be able to access the important information that's always available for them. But they just sometimes need reminders of the small things that they can be doing on a daily basis to keep strong learning going. And of course, identify things like students of the month or share out your teachers of the month. But those content ideas are just things that you can think about that can be consistently shared out every single week through something like a student newsletter. I mentioned earlier that the teacher that managed our student newsletter used Edmodo as a way to share in one digital platform all the content with his students, photos, article content that he could manage in one place so that they could all share it together before he would send it to me as a desktop publishing document. Some teachers use Google Classroom, and it's also a great way for you to whole content together into one place. And so some teachers can even create Google Classrooms, not just for the classes that they teach period to period, but also for the clubs or activities that they're managing too. And this is just another hack that I wanted to mention in passing. And that is that if you want to stay up to date on what's being said about your school, if you use Gmail or Google in any way at all, you can actually set up alerts and there's under your menu in Gmail you can set up, you can find the alerts area. And under that alert area, you can type in words that you want to be alerted on anytime they're mentioned in the news. So I placed my school's name in there, my name in there, my website's name in there, so that I could have alerts come to me through my email if something was said about my school. So that way, uh, not only are you sharing out the things through your own student newsletters that can be important to your community and to your kids, but also you're aware anytime someone's talking about them so that you can get that information shared out too if it's positive and helpful to the school. I also wanted to just give a shout out to a friend of mine, Adam McPhail, who's the um, principal at Canton High School. I visited his school last week and while I was there, I met the teacher who helps manage his student newsletter. They call it The Claw. And I love this version because it's set up as its own website. So on the school's website, you can go to their student newsletter and it's set up as its own tab and it looks like a blog or a website would look and so in that student newsletter they keep their news opinions features sports student writing their homepage, upcoming events all listed in tabs above and then underneath that they have a sliding scroll of photos from things that are happening throughout their school and any articles that the kids have written within that last week and so here's If you scroll down that page, here's what their second page looks like, where you can see their trending stories, you can see their sports announcements, you can see pictures of their students. And then at the bottom of the page, they have some advertisers who help sponsor their student newsletter that are included there as well. And so I just love that version of a student newsletter because it's taken the idea of the old-fashioned newsletter and it's placed it predominantly into a website format, which I think is beautiful. It looks more like a magazine. I know there's a lot of different suggestions on ways that you can do that. And so those are just some uh, examples that I wanted to show you of ways that uh, in my practice and in others' practices, um, they're using the power of sharing out content that their students are helping create. So just to summarize those steps again, if you're thinking about how you can enhance the use of student newsletters, again, think about how you can collect and build content, organize that information into categories, assign student roles, create draft templates, proof and review them, share digitally that information, and then don't let the mistakes stop any momentum. So here are some questions I want you to think about if you are considering the use of newsletters that your students help create. One, how do you currently share your school's news? And if you're not involving students, how can you? Because involving students in that sharing makes that, news more powerful two who in your school has skills and student connections to make to take your publications to the next level again just like i've identified people within my school that have strong digital strength you have people within your school that might be strong for student connections and publications and three is there an easier format for you than traditional newsletters maybe instead of a traditional newsletter you want to do a weekly photo share or a weekly video share I had a good friend last year who every single week would share out a video montage of all the great things that were happening in that week that he had placed into a video with music and they would show it at the end of the week student assembly and then share it on YouTube and kids and teachers loved it. And so it's just a great way to wrap up their week in a way that they're still sharing out that information, not necessarily through a traditional newsletter, but through some other way of still getting out that information that matched his skill set. So what is a format that matches your skill set or that you feel comfortable with that you could use to enhance the communication happening with your students. So let's wrap this up. This week, we really just talked about two things. Social media tools you can use for enhancing communication with students and weekly summaries or newsletters or shareouts of ways that you can enhance communication with students. But here's the question that I want to ask you. Are you engaging with students in the ways that they engage with one another? Because if you're not, if you're not at least attempting new ways of communicating with students, then you might as well be talking to them from another planet in a foreign language that they, that they can't understand. And I know that's maybe an exaggeration, but I, I wanted to wrap this up by asking what planet are you on? Because you need to be on their planet. Uh, we need to make sure that we're landing as often as we can back into the contexts where our students are so that we can be enhancing the ways that we're communicating with them right where they live. Next time we talk, we're going to be talking about chapter six of the book, Positive Messaging with Parents and Community. And so we're going to change gears from teachers and students to how do we focus communication with our community members. I hope you'll tune in for that. Looking forward to that conversation with you. And until next time, thanks for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you soon.